Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another More Than Mom edition of the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, Megan. I'm so excited because today we're gonna talk about musicals and I'm doing like a little, like a little hand motion. Jazz hands, perhaps. Jazz hands. And uh, we talked about musicals, well, movie musicals specifically. How long ago? Like it was months? June 3rd. So whenever June you're listening 3rd. to this, it's been like four months. And, and guys, the, the reason we're doing this is again, is you demanded it. Demanded. <laughs> People were really super excited about our uh, movie musical episode. And we realized you know, these more than moms are typically a little shorter than our Tuesday episodes. We just, we kind of just banter and talk about silly stuff. And we felt like we could have done like a dozen oh, on yeah. musicals. There were so many we left out. I mean, um, we've really yeah. tapped into the, the nerdery, like at a high level, which yeah. we should say, we should give our usual disclaimer. If this happens to be the very first episode of the mom hour you ever clicked on, welcome. Um, but also uh, every Tuesday we offer motherhood and parenting content. And that may be what you thought you were getting, but instead our more than moms are like you said, Megan, they're, they're light and fluffy and they tend to be about pop culture, beauty, fashion. It's all stuff that is still makes your life as a mom. Awesome. It just, it does right. not directly involve parenting your children. And in this one, you might get to hear me do some song and dance numbers. I just wrote that. I love it. Okay. Patent that. <laughs> So I guess we should dive in because, again, we have a lot of ground to cover. Um, So, again, if you love musicals as much as we obviously do, you can check out our first um, sort of installment in the series that aired on June 3rd. Yep. But we got a lot of questions. So I'm just going to hit like some of the questions that we got and I'm going to drive the bus on this one, Sarah. So the first question I have for you, Sarah, is after listening to or after reading our listener feedback on that first episode. Which movie musical or musicals can you not believe you forgot to mention? Right. Okay. And so we thought by narrowing it, not just to all of Broadway and musicals, but we were specifically talking about movie musicals, which I thought was narrow enough. And then we got like 30 minutes in to that episode. We're like, oh my gosh, we haven't even scratched the surface. So one thing we did at the very end was we forgot to mention Annie, which like for when you and I grew up in the 80s or, you know, late 70s, it was, was, and it's kind of one of those movie musicals that even people who don't go on to continue to love movies, I feel like little girls of our age were all obsessed with Annie. And in fact, one of my kids, who's not particularly theater inclined, loved Annie as a kid. So I can't believe we forgot to mention Annie. And then we just we didn't mention of, it at all. Not well, even a we just bit? got to the end and we were like, oh, oh we forgot shoot. to mention Annie. So because Annie was like the one that started it all for me. Right. For a lot of people, so, I think of yeah. our generation. Yep. But the one for me specifically um, that I I don't think I mentioned, I bo- don't believe so, is a chorus line. And um, I think I love the movie of A Chorus Line because I have a couple of memories about it. We watched parts of it in elementary school music class. My music teacher in elementary school loved musical theater. We watched watched a lot and sang a lot of 
Broadway show tunes. Um, but I remember kind of the hush hush whispering from kids who knew that there was an inappropriate song in a chorus line, the <laughs> yeah. TNA, if you know what I'm referring yep. to. But um, we didn't watch that number, of course. But I remember hearing that there was that number. Um, and I think this is a through line for me because I actually love racy and slightly taboo musicals. There's something I love about the juxtaposition of like squeaky clean song and dance combined with kind of, you know, irreverent humor. And so I yes. think that was my first like eye opening, like, whoa, this could be like, like I was used to the Rogers and Hammerstein, you know, the sixties musicals I'd seen at home. So I, I love that movie. And I think later in junior high, I watched the whole thing and I love the show, a chorus line. So yeah, that's one that show. I can and believe. As, and as a dancer, I'm sure it even yes, was better exactly. for you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you should mention musicals watched in school uh-huh. because for whatever reason, the musicals that, and my teacher also, I had the same music teacher all through elementary Me school too. and he loved movie musicals yes. and we watched the same ones kind of over and over. Like anytime back in those days, you could watch a lot of movies in school. They don't yeah. have that luxury right. anymore, no, but we like watched a lot too. rainy day, put in a movie musical, <laughs> uh, don't have a lesson plan, put in a movie musical. So I watched, but the funny thing is in my head, those are totally separate from the ones I watched at home and in other parts of my life. Like I remember watching Oliver probably uh-huh. five times in elementary school and the whiz a lot in okay. elementary school at school. I remember but I never Carousel. watched those at home. I remember Carousel and Hello Dolly, which I don't think I've ever really seen outside of elementary school. So I probably That's never so even saw the whole thing. I just saw whatever she wanted to show us. Yeah. Yeah. So funny that to me, those are like totally categorized differently, but they totally counted. Yeah. We also watched a lot uh, the Muppets Take Manhattan a lot, which is technically a musical. <laughs> I have it's not just seen that. Muppets sing it. It's actually great. I watched it with Clara recently and she really liked it. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Um, so what's yours? What can, okay, what can you not believe so you forgot to mention? I cannot believe I forgot to mention singing in the rain. I can't believe it. And, um, I, we had several plugs from listeners. Yeah. Everybody in the rain. can't, couldn't believe we forgot I to know. mention that. But I, ha- I mean, I so didn't believe it that I actually kind of almost didn't believe it. Yeah. Like, did I really not say anything about singing in the rain? Um, I have to give a special shout out to listener Sarah who said this episode was so fun. But I did find myself yelling at my phone, don't forget singing in the rain, my all-time favorite. And I'm laughing because I was yelling at myself when yeah. I read that. Like, I can't believe I forgot it. Um, that's a family favorite of mine. Like, it's, I grew up watching that. There's quotables. I mean, um, and I can't stand them. There's just so many quotables that have become kind of part of my family folklore. And so I, I have really never couldn't seen believe it. singing in the rain. I feel it's like so the- clever. It's like very wholesome. Yeah. Um, it's got um, Debbie. Oh, we just talked about Debbie her. Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds in yeah. it, and it's just like, but it's it, but it's kind of a little sharp. You yeah. know what I mean? It, it, holds it really up stands. Is what up. I've heard, yeah, yes, it really holds yeah. up because it's it's kind of wholesome for the like the time, but also has an edge to it, which right. I really enjoy. Right. Um, I also didn't mention Oklahoma or Carousel. Uh, both of those movies starred Shirley Jones and yes. Gordon McRae. Like they were like that power musical yeah, couple. Yeah, and Shirley Jones is also in The Music Man, which is probably the yes. movie musical I've seen the most repetitive Oh my gosh, did, we, even, did we mention that one? Yeah, either? I think oh we, my, I mean, I think we, we did, did just as we, did. we both, it's just in our canon. That is the, yes. probably that's the movie I have seen the most number of times of movie musicals. Yeah. I spent so many hours watching that kind of genre of um, mus- movie musicals, like in my, probably from the age of 13 to 16. Like, okay. I think I was littler. I think my mom got excited. Those were ones that she loved and then she got excited to show them to us. So I remember them from when I was really little. Those, uh, those yeah. yeah. I just didn't get, for whatever reason, I think I didn't get serious. We'll talk about this later, but I didn't yeah. really get serious about musicals as a genre until my early teens. And that was when I just, it really didn't matter. Like I was so um, undiscerning about what yeah. musicals I would watch. Because just give me all. Just give me all of them. And uh, AMC used to play a lot of movie musicals. I think they've obviously changed American movie classics. Mm-hmm. They're not. They don't have the big focus on classic classics, classics yeah. the way they did. But like, I spent many hours just randomly watching musicals on there. So that was very exciting. Anytime I would turn it on and be like, "Oh my goodness, there's a musical right. on!" I'd have to watch it. I love it. Um, okay, so we want to address a few other great uh, comments and questions that okay. we got from listeners. So Steph- Stephanie says. The first movie musical I remember watching is The Wizard of Oz. I don't think we mentioned that one either. I don't think we did. She says, does that count? Was it a movie before it was on stage or only after? And when I thought about that, I don't know that The Wizard of Oz itself was ever made into a Broadway musical. Yeah, you might be able to go. I mean, I'm sure a lot of schools do it and stuff. Yeah. There's like Wicked and there's The Wiz. Right. 
Yeah. Which are two totally different retellings of The Wizard of Oz. But right. I don't believe that was ever like a Broadway stage musical, And it was definitely a movie before it was ever on was any kind of a else. stage. Yeah. yeah. Other it than was the, a, the book, you know. And oh. it was the first movie that incorporated color, Correct. I believe. Yes. The color. And it was so. 1938. I remember thinking that my grandma was 10. My grandma would have been a kid. I mean, it was wow. groundbreaking at yes. that time because of color and just the, 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 what am I trying the to say? The scope of it. Yeah, the it scope was, is yeah. exactly the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um, my kids have never seen The Wizard of Oz. And I, do you have memories of seeing it as a kid? Yes, Remember? because it was always on an Easter. No, Thanksgiving. Oh, uh, wait. Maybe that was The Sound of Music. One of either The Sound of Music or The Wizard of Oz was always on, oh, maybe Thanksgiving. Yeah, it, it was okay. The Wizard of Oz. Okay, And it was Thanksgiving. Thank you. And listeners are going to correct us if we're wrong, because there's always a good chance I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure. And yeah, it was always on. And I, I remember being scared. I mean, I saw I was young enough that I remember being scared of the Wicked Witch. I don't I was never I was scared really of it. Um, but I just remember that it was like I didn't it wasn't one of my movies that I wasn't like a go to for me because it's kind of long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just remember. So I remember just watching it always when it was on TV. Yes, I think that I think that's probably. so I probably still saw it plenty. Um, OK, so another question. This one's from Ellie. She asks, did you guys like La La Land? I loved it, but I know I might be a bit biased because it felt like such a happy love letter to my city. Um, I gave La La Land a B minus. So what about you? I think you and I have talked about this, not on the show, but offline. And I think we had a similar reaction. So we watched it in two nights. First of all, I didn't watch it till like a year and a half after it was out, way after it was popular. Yeah. Um, I obviously had a lot of hype. We watched it in two nights because I easily fall asleep in a movie. It's like, can't stay up. <laughs> and I went to bed after the first night being like, I don't like this movie at all. It's yeah. dumb. It's overhyped. I don't. Yes. There was a bunch that felt like repetitive. And I just was like, no. And then we watched the second half the second night. And I really liked the end. And I loved I, the end. I loved the end. And I don't think I didn't hate it. So again, like you said, B minus. I would say like, uh, yeah, like I would watch it again. It was fine. Um. I don't, I don't like that kind of movie musical. I like my movie musicals like full bore belting song and dance classic. Like yeah. these sort of watered down, yeah. like, uh, I don't know. It's the its vocals, own thing. Okay. The vocals. Yeah. yeah. It's its own thing. It was, it's a cute romance. So here's what I, here's what I did like. And here's what I didn't like about La, okay. La Land. First of all, I did love um, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling together. And I love him. I like him a lot. I she is problematic for me, but that's just for another time. Okay. I don't know why she bugs me a little bit. But. I loved the end. I thought the end was really, really sad. Actually, yes, it was very poignant. It, it very poignant um, and good, and like it really tied the whole movie together. Yes, I agreed. really loved the opening number. Yes, agreed. And I liked the one with the two of them dancing around the bench. I yeah. thought that was very kind of classic old movie musical. Yeah. What I didn't really like was any of the rest of it. <laughs> Like, I didn't like the scenes with the friends. I thought the vocals were just really weak. And I know that that's a stylistic thing. Right, I know. Um, and we'll, we can talk about this later. We're going to also talk about live, um, like live TV musicals. Yeah. TV musicals. And this also was a thing for a lot of the classic musicals that we love, like especially like 60s ones. I feel like the I really don't like it when people get cast in musicals that when they can't sing. Yeah. And it's almost like they purposely find these very weak voiced people. And I just don't love that. You know what I felt about La La Land? And then we'll move on is I felt like it was so self-conscious and self-important that, look, we are a big Hollywood production studio making a musical. Aren't we thinking outside the box? And aren't we hipster and clever? Yes. I just felt like the whole movie felt a little bit like that. Like, look at us making a musical. I, don't know. I will say that people who live in LA tend to love it more, and I can understand why. I so. mean, I live forty miles south of LA. You don't identify. I don't identify with you LA. Don't, you no. don't identify with LA at no. all. You don't even like to go there. No, so. I don't. <laughs> except to see musicals. <laughs> except to see musicals. That's the great irony. But I, I think going. that if you have lived in LA for a while yes. and like really identify with that sure. whole old Hollywood thing or yep. something, I could totally see it. It is a love letter to that city, and I think the rest of the country just maybe. Didn't quite get it. Um, well, you know or who I love? wasn't as engaged with that. I part. love Ellie. She is one of our long, long time listeners. She's a member of our Patreon community. She is the best. So Ellie, all of this smack talk about La La Land is no reflection <laughs> of you. We of love you. We you, think Ellie. you're awesome. And we love that you love it because honestly, 
there's one thing that I really hate, and it's when people uh, like you can like what you like and not like what you don't like, but I really don't like it when people are snobs at what's snob the, what out. Yes, yes, don't yes. Like. Yeah, no. Hopefully and, that didn't come across that way. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. So and B minus. Hey, I tell my kids that's not the worst grade. No, exactly. You can do worse. I'd, I'd even watch it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you might like it more the second time. Like sometimes yes. it takes me a couple of watchings to really yep. like something. All right, I just want to throw this shout out out um, to Tragic Sandwich real quick, who's a long time. I think longtime blog reader. Yeah. Because I've always, the name Tragic Sandwich has always just made me smile. She wanted to point out, we did talk about dubbing and all the dubbing that happened. Yes. And we didn't know um, who the, who in the voice era, was. the 50s, 60s. We didn't know who that one person was who did all the voiceover. Mm-hmm. And it was Marnie Nixon. She says she often dubbed vocals for non-singing actresses. She was the singing voice of Natalie Wood in West Side Story, Audrey Hepburn and My Fair Lady. I forgot that those were the same. Um, Deborah Kerr and the King and I and Eileen's Eileen Woods and Disney's Cinderella, which goes way back to 1950. And she sang for herself as Sister Sophia in The Sound of Music. Okay. I'm assuming that's one of the how do you solve yeah, the problem? It is. I don't know which yeah, one. But I don't remember which one. Yeah. That that totally makes sense. Um, thank you, Tragic Sandwich. <laughs> thank you, Tragic Sandwich, for educating us because we we did need some educating there. I think I I know I said it last time, but it was so funny to me that I didn't realize that um, Christopher Plummer was dubbed in The Sound of Music because obviously Julie Andrews isn't. And I feel like when Julie Andrews came up, it was right around the same time. But all of a sudden, like now there's somebody they can put in the movie who actually does sing. Um, And Christopher Plummer doesn't. And I had been listening to that for my entire life and picturing Christopher. And and I figured it out like two years ago. And I was really sort of devastated. Let's talk about before. Well, before we move on from that, I also want to say that. You can kind of tell in The Sound of Music that they either, I don't know if they pull her back a little bit whenever she's in a number with Christopher Plummer. Mm -hmm. Like on her own, she's a powerhouse, right? In her solo song, she's Julie Andrews. But I felt like the songs that they did together, including that really drippy one that they added that isn't from from the Broadway original. Oh, it isn't? Something Something good. good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not in the original. And I think it's kind of drippy. Um, but I feel like they they put it very soft focus mm-hmm. and they almost like put a filter on her voice, <laughs> like a I soft focus lens yeah. on her voice, probably to make it kind of toned down and match his mm-hmm. whoever his he lack of voice, his was. not Christopher Plummer, it's his Bill not Christopher somebody. Plummer voice, Bill. Very disappointing. Come on, Bill. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's really interesting if you listen to the Liesel in the um, made for T or movie version okay. of Sound of Music versus the Broadway. I mean, their sounds are so different. It couldn't be more different. It's so like, that's, she almost sounds like a pop star. Yeah, that's one where I don't think I ever listened to the Broadway album. I just never. Th- no, it was the movie all the way. The kids sound very Broadway kiddish in the Broadway version. Okay. The only way I can really put it, like they just sound, um, they just have like a certain quality to their voices that sounds stage, stagey. Right. And the kids in the movie sound like they're, I don't know, like they're yeah. singing under their breath almost. Yeah, I, no, I totally know what you mean. I, um, and, and there's certain shows where the Broadway cast album is what I know. We talked about West Side Story a lot last time. But that's one where I think I, I listened to the Broadway cast album, but then I've seen the movie, right? So like it just yeah. kind of depends on which came first in your own watching, listening right. history. Yeah. Okay, before we move on um, and take a quick break, I definitely, we wanted to talk about live for TV musicals. I was going to wait till the second half, but I think we should talk about it now because this all kind of goes with that. So, Sarah, how do you feel about the recent spate? Rash. Rash. The recent rash. (laughs) The the world is lousy with them right now. So, So, okay. So, for our listeners, we're defining these as like, let's list the ones that have, there was a sound of music starring Carrie Underwood. uh, Yeah. Peter Pan. There was a Peter Pan starring Alison Williams. Mm -hmm. There was a hairspray. Hairspray and the whiz. The whiz. Was that, was that recent or was that? That was recent. Okay. So that was like in the last couple of years. Yes. Okay. So these are the ones we're talking about where they're live. They are happening live and they're, you know, song and dance. Everyone's singing, right? Is anybody done? Oh, and Jesus Christ these? Superstar. Did yes. that happen already? Yeah, yes. with John okay. Legend, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Yes. Oh, right. That did happen because he was John Legend. He John Legend all over the place. Right. As um, he does. And there was funny Emmys jokes if you watched the Emmys because there was this running theme of people who 
thanked Jesus in their acceptance speeches. And then Christy, <laughs> Christy Teigen thanked Jesus. Anyway, long story, unless you saw the Emmys. Um, so what do I think about them? I haven't watched any of them is what I think. And here's why. Because <gasps> I, I don't okay. like the feeling that someone's going to mess up. I'm <gasps> uncomfortable. But I don't but, feel that way when I go to live theater. But there's right, something okay. weird about watching it live. It's almost like I feel like people are tuning in to see if it's a train wreck. And that makes me super well. Yes, they were. That yeah. is very true. Um, and there is something different about a live show being then immortalized on video forever. Right. And that will be what people that one. It's different when the whole world sees it at once. And it's only a one shot. That's yeah. different than if an audience sees it from the distance of their seat. Yeah, it's, it is very different. And then the casting um, of the celebrities in the lead yeah. roles, I do feel like attracts this like almost voyeuristic like are we gonna see them trip up like bring out the haters or the defenders and the truth is I don't think I was ever like sitting at home where I could have watched them I just had other stuff going on but I haven't I haven't they've been on my radar but I haven't watched them so I've watched two okay um not the entire way through I watched parts of the sound of music and I found it so cringy yeah it's the cringiness that I want to avoid (coughs) oh gosh sorry about that sneeze um so it was very, very cringy. And part of the reason is exactly what you said. Like Carrie Underwood looked like the deer in headlights. She's a fantastic singer, but oh, yeah. she's not an actress. And she didn't know what to do with her hands. Like I felt, <laughs> it felt like watching me in my first high school musical where I'm like, what do I do with my hands? Do I put them up on my waist? Do I right. hold them in front of my body? And all I could think about was like, she didn't look relaxed because it's not her thing. It's not yeah. her genre of, of performance. Um, and the other really odd thing about it is there's no applause. There's no audience. Oh, yeah. Now, some of them, apparently that's changed with some of them. But the two that I saw was, were um, The Sound of Music and Peter Pan. And then Peter Pan, what was the name? Allison Allison Williams. Williams. Allison She's Williams from was Girls. fantastic. Oh, she was? Okay. Yeah. And so was the mom. Oh, or the woman who played the mother is also a very famous Broadway actress. Oh, okay. Great, 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 great. But like... I just didn't care. I didn't want to watch it. And Mm -hmm. there was something about there not being any applause didn't pull me in Mm -hmm. enough. It didn't make me feel like I was part of something bigger. Mm -hmm. It was just odd. Like it felt really weird. The cool side, I think they're getting better. I heard great things about Hairspray. I heard great things about The Wiz. Okay. Um, I thought they did Dream Girls or something too. Maybe I could be just totally making that up. But like I thought there was another one that we haven't mentioned yet. Okay. That people loved. Um. And I think at one point they did add a live audience, but I haven't seen those ones yet. So I don't know for sure. Well, that reminds me, the live audience piece reminds me that I love to watch things like the Tony Awards where, mm-hmm. or even the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which has live, actually those are dubbed. I mean, they're, the singing is dubbed, but it's still, you're watching it live, but there is a live crowd. And it's, it's often a great way to see scenes from musicals that aren't on your radar or new things that are coming out. And I love to watch that stuff. Yeah, me so, too. So like isolated performances on whatever, on a variety show or on the, I mean, on the Tonys or I, I, we've, my kids have gotten really into some of the ones from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade because there's always yeah. whatever's on Broadway and we'll look up the show and, you know, sometimes it's things I've never even heard of, but it's really fun to see those performances. Yeah. I think it's just the, it's the hype around these full length ones that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I do wish that they would, uh, like you said, I do wish that they would, um, cast stronger singers right and stronger like or stronger actors like people who do both and yeah there are plenty of them out there i, I mean guys there are a lot of talented people <laughs> and i know they want the star power yeah. to pull people in and i get that but it is different um it and is I'm, different i'm not saying i would never watch them i think they would be yeah. i think they'd be fun to watch i could get over my weird aversion to cringiness we should we should have a party where we watch the Wiz and Hairspray together. That would be, be really fun. And I heard both of those were really good. And I so I think I guess what I would say. Oh, and the other thing I was going to say um, is that what I like about it. I love the idea, and I think like we were talking earlier about uh, Wizard of Oz, mm-hmm. um, and how everyone watched it on Thanksgiving, and that was just what you did. Yes. And I love this idea that everyone is doing the same thing at the same time, and that's rare to that nowadays. Like, I agree. And so there's something about that to me that I, I that appeals to me. So I think it's an interesting experiment, uh-huh. but hopefully will be executed better and better as time goes on. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, and I think I would just have to stay away from the tweeting and the Facebooking about it because those are the yeah. people the, who show up 
to take it down. To hate. Or, yeah, or and even that's just to gossip about it. And yeah. I feel like if I were to do it, I would just shut that down. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor, Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah, and for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Okay, so Megan, I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet, but you just wrapped up a whole month of playing Roxy Hart in the musical Chicago. Like you I on the stage. Me. I was I was Roxy Hart. I mean the name on everybody's lips was gonna be. It is. Megan. Okay. So, I mean, we might have listeners who haven't listened to every episode or don't know quite as well, but you, um, you're, you've talked on the podcast about kind of your return to theater. You always were a performer. Um, and you got back to it in earnest a few years ago, but this is like a big one. This is like starring in a musical. And I got to come see it. You got to come see it. That made me so happy. I mean, guys, she has five kids and is like out there in a little black shimmy dress dancing and singing in front of a full house like this is like a real I feel like it's like deserves like a mom like standing ovation (laughs) that's how I feel thank you I'll 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 pause for a second while you give me a standing ovation it was so fun it was so fun like that was one of those roles and I don't remember if I've talked about this on on air before or not but you know I've done since I did a lot of theater when I was younger and I always looked like a baby. Like I always had a baby face. I never got mm-hmm. any of the parts I wanted because I always looked like a teenager. And then I stopped doing it. I didn't do it for like 15 years or more. And then when I started doing it again, I just got cast in mom roles. Mm-hmm. Like I just kept getting cast as the mom over and over. And I played some fantastic mom roles. I'm really not complaining. Um, but like I kept thinking like, am I ever going to get to do like just a fun, like sexy right. song and like dance? Like a lady. Like a lady part and not a mom. Yeah, and not someone who exists to kind of be the mom of the show. And so, um, and then I was like, I don't know, I'm getting kind of old, for honestly, for a lot of those roles. But the great thing about Chicago is the the cast, our cast did skew older, but it really can because it's kind of about washed, like a washed up wannabe. And also um, you are 41 and look 27 for the record, if people don't know what you actually look like. so I'm not sure about that. I'd say I can pass for 35 on a good day. So it worked. And I got, and I did get cast. And so, and it worked out really well. The schedule was a little weird for a lot of people. Um, 
because we rehearsed at the end of summer. But for me, that was perfect because I was with my kids all day. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really a big deal to head out to a rehearsal or, you know, a few rehearsals during the week at night. And then um, my weekends in September, which is when the performances were, were pretty open. So it just really worked. Like everything came together and the cast was super fun. I had a great time. I'm glad it's over. It was a lot of work. So I have a picture that I took, a sneaky picture that I took of you on stage that maybe we can. What? Illegally. Illegally. Yes. Sneaky. Um, That maybe we can share. But I just think like there's just not a lot of moms out there who get up on stage and belt it out. And I'm really proud of you. Thank you. That's why I get the parts. (laughs) No, that's not why. You have a fantastic voice. Really. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was so fun. It was great to have you there. Like I kind of was aware of where you were in the audience and I was like, oh, this is so fun. It I loved really it. Fun. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Well, we'll move on. I mean, we could talk more about me, but that's we, all right. We could, really. <laughs> it's all right. Um, so, Sarah, the next question that I have for you is uh, what was the show or moment that really got you hooked on musicals? Okay, I picked two because I think of it in kind of two phases. I mentioned at the top of the show that I kind of grew up on these very squeaky clean 1960s movie musicals. So The Music Man is the one I remember when I was little for sure. Um, I mean, I remember watching it from when I was really little and watching it a lot. And my mom loved it and we loved it and we had the cassette tape. Um, And then coincidentally, we did The Music Man as my sixth grade play and I was cast as Amaryllis, um, which is like a part, not a lead part, but enough of a part that it was really fun. Um, So I would say the music man was kind of the one I identify with childhood. But then in high school, my English teacher in high school loved theater and would take us down to LA um, on a bus, like on a nighttime field trip two or three times a year. And in 1996, Rent had just started touring, maybe 97. Um, It had been on Broadway, been a big sensation. And I saw it in 97. Yeah, so maybe it could, it could have been 97, but this was a very early tour. Okay. Um, like right after the only place you could see it was New York, and then this was L.A. So, um, and my teacher did a great job of setting us up for whatever we were going to see. And so I remember him giving us the background on, um, what's the opera? La Boheme? The, the opera that it's based on, and then kind of the cultural significance of 90s drug culture and AIDS and like all these themes that felt really kind of edgy and grown up. Um, And then we went to see it. And I would say that that was like that opened my eyes to like what I said at the top of the show, which is that musicals aren't all squeaky clean. In fact, some of them really push the envelope and get edgier. And I think because I had grown up pretty sheltered in all of the media that I watched, this was like, whoa, this is a musical about like drugs and sex and um, and so anyway, so I would say that, that that Rent was another big one that got me hooked on seeing shows live and kind of continuing to see new shows. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. Um, well, for me, it was Annie. It was probably okay. the first one. I saw that performed in Chicago when I was five. In fact, um, I remember my mom kept saying, we're going to go see Annie. We're going to go see Annie. And I thought Annie was a friend of hers. I had no idea. <laughs> and it, I was very confused. Like, who's Annie? Until I got there and was sitting in my seat. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, what is this? I still can remember the way the opening scene, like when they did Maybe, uh-huh. looked. Like I can still remember that. It was such a moment like that. I'll, I might not have even been fully five yet. I might have been younger than that. I was really little because um, I think that was the original Broadway tour. Yeah. And I think that started like in 80 or 81. Okay. So, um, yeah. So that was the first one. And then after that, I loved musicals. I loved Annie the movie and I would mm-hmm. stand in the store and sing and like. I was obsessed with it, but I, but I really limited my musicals to like the ones that my mom had in the house on VHS or like whatever was in front of, like put in front of me, I would watch, but I don't remember really like looking and seeking out shows until I saw Carousel Okay. Um, at 12. My aunt took me um, someplace in Chicago to see it. And like that again was like blown away. I cried through like the last 25, like sob crying through like the last 25 minutes of the show. Like I loved it. And then after that, I was like, I want to do this Mm -hmm. before that. I really didn't think about acting. I thought about just watching. Um, and I liked to sing, but I never really, I never really thought of myself as someone who wanted to be an actor. And then after seeing carousel, I was hooked. And that was when I really dove in. Like my aunt would let me borrow, five or six of her movie or her mm-hmm. Broadway musical um, albums at a time. And I'd go home and listen to them. And 
Um, and then I would start to seek out the movies. And then I started, you know, in high school, started acting. So yeah, that was really, those, those two were particularly uh, monumental. Yeah. I, I can even think of more. I feel like I can trace like my whole life in musicals. And the funny thing is I am not an actor and I never, I, I, you know, I was a dancer. I did perform in that way, but I never really saw myself performing in musicals. I just truly fell in love with watching them. Yeah. Um, I, and I still, I always say I would spend all of my disposable income on going to see shows. <laughs> like if I just had unlimited time in my, that's just all I would do. Well, Sarah, you could do that because you are actually maybe on your way there. Um, <laughs> you've seen, and this is the next question. I left my blank because honestly, I've been so busy performing over the last and, and directing. I've directed a couple of kids shows over the last couple of years. I can't remember the last musical I saw that wasn't something I was directing or like something that one of my kids was in. Um, I think, didn't you see Book of Mormon around the time I did? I saw that like five years, four or five years ago. Yeah, I saw it about three years ago. So maybe you had seen it like a year earlier. And I, while I'm you're talking, if... I might remember others. But okay. that, honestly, that's the last one I remember seeing. I'm sure there had to have been something after that. I saw West Side Story a couple of years ago up in Grand Rapids. Um, Oh, and I've seen a lot of local stuff. Like I saw yeah. um, In the Heights done locally. It was okay. great. So I've seen a lot of stuff. I just haven't like, I guess I haven't gone somewhere gone to, to see Chicago a show. Like I haven't or, gone yeah. to Chicago. So what about you? You've seen a ton lately. Okay, so I'm back on track. And so I just want to back up and say, like, I grew up uh, an hour and a half from LA. And so I was able to go down and see Phantom and Cats and Les Mis, like all the things in the early 90s. And then, like I said, with high school. So I, I really saw quite a few shows growing up in LA. Then I went to college in Chicago, had access to and saw quite a few shows there. I studied abroad in England and saw some amazing uh, stage shows in London. And then I moved to Arizona. And in 10, yeah. no, no offense, Arizona, because ASU Gamage has good touring companies, good touring. But I also had kids. So for 10 years, I think I saw Wicked twice and loved it at ASU Gamage. And I think that's it. So in 10 years... I saw one musical and I did see, I did see it twice. And, That's funny. and then we moved to Orange County. And even when we first moved here, it took me a while to just really get back in the habit. So I, I like my whole life had, had seen a lot of shows and then had this big 10 year gap of having babies and living just a little bit off of the touring path. Um, and then now where we are, so most shows come through Orange County. We have an amazing, it's called Seegerstrom Center for the Arts and the touring companies come through Orange County. So I can see shows 15 minutes away. Or if I want to see them at an even cooler theater and a little bit sooner, I can go to L.A. and be there in an hour. So I'm so spoiled. Um, so that's kind of the background. So just in the last like year and a half is what has like my the frequency has just gone up so much. So I saw Hamilton in L.A. in August of 2017. It's a little over a year ago. We saw Jersey Boys here in mm. Orange County. We saw Hamilton again here in Orange County. I saw School of Rock this summer. And I, I, with Allegra and some other moms and 10 year olds, and I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. It is Andrew Lloyd Webber. And I know people have conflicted feelings about that. I didn't know the music. I or, didn't know that it was Andrew it Lloyd Webber. It's an Andrew Lloyd Webber rock musical. And wow. it's kid friendly. So it's maybe like you put it in kind of a different bucket. And I don't know. I don't even yeah, know. What the I'm not the thought. hugest like, Andrew Lloyd Webber fan, but I definitely think there's a time and a place. Yeah. And I you don't, know, I don't think all Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals are created equal. I have some that right. are skippable and others I really like. And even within an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, I have some songs that I just can't stand and then others that I really like. But um, School of Rock was fantastic. If you've seen the 2003 Jack Black movie, it really is. They took that and they made it into a musical. And so the story is pretty much identical to the movie. They just added a very rock Broadway soundtrack and the kids yeah. who they're like 11 11 12 year old kids who perform they were fantastic it was really funny um because it's that jack black anyway i, I was a surprise i was surprised at how good it was because i just didn't know much about it and it was so fun to see it with my 10 year old so that was school of rock um this fall in la i saw beautiful which is the carol king they call these jukebox musicals right yeah so, yes based on but didn't you tell me that one wasn't too jukeboxy and that it, it did was, have a story i liked it better than jersey boys i thought jersey okay. boys was truly like it was good. We have some songs. We want to create a story around these songs. Exactly. And years yeah. ago in Chicago, I saw Moving Out, which is the Billy Joel one. And that also had a very loose story. Good music, but a very loose story. Whereas I felt like the Carol King story was really very poignant. Very. I mean, I cried at the end. Like, it, it's really well done, I thought. Um, and then I'm seeing Waitress. Is it Waitress or The Waitress? I think it's Waitress. I think it's Waitress. I'm seeing Waitress just in a month from now in November. 
And then I'm seeing Dear Evan Hansen in January. So I feel like I'm, I'm so jealous. I know. And then before Hamilton, that, Waitress, just, and Dear Evan Hansen are all yeah. on my list. So yeah. So I feel like I'm back. I'm back to back. it. I'm back. Guys. And if you wanted to, you could spend all of your disposable income. I literally could. And at the season that's coming to Seegerstrom, this like early 2019 has some older shows. So it has Hello, Dolly and Fiddler, which I would really oh, like to fun. see both of those. So, yeah, I have those are ones that I don't have tickets for, but would still like to see. You know, that's funny. I just totally forgot that up until like two years ago, every single summer I was going to the Stratford Festival in Ontario and seeing tons of musicals. I just. Oh, I it, thought you it's just been, saw Shakespeare. I knew it was a Shakespeare no, thing. No, we you. would always, they, they have Shakespeare contemporary Yeah, you plays saw 42nd musicals. Street. I remember you writing about I saw 42nd Street. I saw Fiddler on the Roof. I saw the Pirates of Penzance. I've seen a ton. I just, in the last couple of years, I guess I've had a little bit of a, a hiatus. Um, I did remember the last one I saw. It was Les Mis. I took Jacob to see it probably okay. two, two winters ago now. So I think that was the last one I traveled any real distance for. Yeah. So I, I, I think get back I up would on that. see Les Mis. I mean, I have seen Les Mis on big stages probably five or six times I'd went yeah. hardcore in the late nineties. <laughs> yeah. But I would see it again on stage. I, yeah. We, we talked about the movie in our last episode that we both kind of were fine with. Like it was right. fine. It was all right. But I would definitely see it on stage again. But I, I think it's interesting though. Like what I'm noticing about myself and I tend to do this, I tend to do this with everything, whether it's writing, um, podcasting, apparently musicals, like I'm in a phase where I'm either consuming or creating yeah. And typically when I'm doing one, I'm not doing the other. So it's just kind of funny that like the last two years I've been doing so much acting and directing, but hardly any viewing. And yeah. two years before that, it was very different. So right, yeah. can I ask a quick follow up question to you? Sure. When you are going to go see a musical that maybe you haven't, you're not as familiar with. Do you like prep and listen to the soundtrack ahead of time? Or do you I go do in? Because I, I do because I find I enjoy a show a lot more if I know the music. I do too. I do too. Although there yeah. have been times where I haven't and it's been pleasantly surprising. Like School of Rock, we downloaded the soundtrack as soon as we, after we saw it and the kids got really into it and it was just as enjoyable to have seen it and then listened. But usually I do. So I need to start listening to Waitress and Dear Evan Hansen. Well, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I hear a soundtrack and I just don't like the sound of it. I don't really know how to describe, like mm -hmm. how to explain it. When I did, um, I was in the show Next to Normal, um, I want to say 2015. Mm-hmm. And played the mom role, which is extremely challenging. A lot of singing. It's a great mm -hmm. show. But when I first, the first four or five times I heard the musical or the soundtrack, I didn't want to try out for the show. I was like, mm -hmm. I don't like this. I don't like it. It sounds cheesy. It was like, it's a rock musical. Mm -hmm. And sometimes rock musicals can sound kind of corny mm -hmm. when you're not seeing them done. And then when I got into it, I was like, wow, this show is amazing. And I think it's one of those where I might not have given it a chance if I was uh, as a viewer. Yeah. I think I might have preferred to go in not having any idea what to expect and not knowing the music. So, so it it varies. It, it does. But vary. I just like to know. And there are some where um, like I'm thinking of Book of Mormon where the the soundtrack is really tied to the story. And if you don't know yes. what's happening, it's very confusing. I mean, there's some great numbers that you could get into. But I remember we were going with my parents and trying to get them to listen to the soundtrack and then being like, actually, don't. It doesn't. You're not. It's like, yeah. No, so I. Better. Yeah. That's when I think I knew one song from the Book of Mormon soundtrack before I went. And I'm glad I didn't know them because I don't think I would have liked them. Like isolated yeah, and they're from so this show. out of context. And the story is so and clever. They're so crazy. And yeah. And they're very <laughs> vulgar. So like. Right. If you, if you have a if you're a sensitive soul, you'd be shocked right. out of your pants until you see it. And then you listen. Then you're still shocked, shocked out of your pants, but, but you're just laughing sense. so hard that you don't care. I think you and I compared notes about little old ladies sitting in the audience because there's always like yeah. the season ticket holders at Book of yes. Mormon. Like, whoa, like, my, what have oh, I dear done? Lord. Like, what? <laughs> I don't even like. What is even going to happen here? It is yeah. it's bad, but it's so good. Um. Okay. Well, let's let's wrap up by talking about actual Broadway on Broadway shows. Okay. Um. I know you don't have a ton of these because you've always lived in places where yeah, I've lived on the touring circuit. A lot of touring. Yeah. Um. And I was fortunate that for like a stretch of maybe six years, I was going to a, a writer's conference every spring uh -huh. in New York City. And I just made a point. This was when I really wasn't seeing a lot of theater um, because in my normal life because I had little, like so many little kids. Yeah. So I made a point every time I'd go to New York to make sure that I tried to find cheap tickets someplace. And I found pretty inexpensive tickets and saw some pretty big stars. So I'll just rattle off mine. Yeah. Um, I think the first one I saw was Gypsy with Patti Lapone as Mama Rose. Okay, that is. Just, like, we could just end the podcast right here. And I had good seats too. I don't, I don't think I did TKTS. I don't remember how I got the seats. Oh, I know. I know. I joined the Playbill Club. Okay. And 
they discount certain tickets kind of randomly. And if you buy those, so if, if you go in not caring what show you see or not, you know, having to see like whatever the most popular one is right now, yeah, you can get, and I tend to not gravitate towards the most popular yeah. shows. I like the old ones. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like those ones come up more often, but I got really good deals. Um, I saw Porgy and Bess with Audra McDonald as Bess. I love Audra McDonald. I, I don't know Porgy and Bess. It's it's like it's really old, right? It's an opera. Okay. It is. Um, yeah, I believe it's Gershwin. Yeah. And it's I, like a soul opera is the only way I can put it. Yeah. It's amazing. Amazing. But you almost have to see it done. Like I knew some of the music from it, but it's nothing compared to seeing it on stage. Ridiculous. The funny thing is, I don't think I knew Audrey McDonald was in it until I was sitting in my seat. It was like a really last minute thing. I went with a friend. We couldn't decide what to see. I just grabbed the tickets and then I'm sitting in my seat and she comes out and I'm like, wait a second. Is that? Is that who I think it is? I only knew but her But then from it's dark, TV. so I have the yeah. I have the program out. <laughs> and I'm like trying to read the program, but it's dark. And yeah, that was pretty awesome. Um, I saw Little Night Music, which is Sondheim, one of my favorites, okay. with Bernadette Peters as Desiree, another. And I had like second row seats for that one. And they were cheap. Cheap. Wow. Uh, my sister and I saw, I never know how to say this, La Cage à Faux. I think that's pretty good. Thank I'm you. I'm not going to try and do any better. Um, the Birdcage, yeah. uh, if you want to translate it. Um, that one was really cool because it was starring Kelsey Grammer in the part. If you've seen the movie, I uh, it was the it's the guy. It's the Robin Williams part. OK, if you've seen the yeah, movie, I've seen the, movie. Um, the non-musical movie. Um, but apparently he and his co-star switched the roles like every six weeks or something. Oh, wow. So if I had seen it at a different time, I would have seen him in the Nathan Lane, the right. Nathan Lane role. That show has really great music. And I knew nothing about that. I knew the movie, but I didn't know any of the music going yeah. in. And it was so good. Um, and then the last one I saw in New York City on Broadway was American in Paris. And actually, I thought it was kind of dumb. Okay. Um, it has a great, like, kind of oldie music, like 30s, 40s music um, soundtrack, which I loved. But, like, it, it almost felt like a jukebox musical. Like, mm-hmm. they, they had a bunch of good music. I also think it's Gershwin. And they put it all together and kind of wrote a story around yeah. it. And the story was dumb. But I will say the thing I was blown away by was the set lighting and costuming. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I'm not the most visual person in the world. I don't always notice that stuff. But I was like, it had this, this like primary color scheme. It was all mm. yellow, red, and blue. Mm. And it looked incredible. And I, I noticed it, which is telling you yeah. something. And then it won a whole bunch of Tonys, which made me feel kind of validated. Yeah. Like, wow. <laughs> that was really good. I, it was good. I noticed something yeah. and it was right. So that's my, like, that's my uh, laundry list. It's been, I would love to go back. It's very expensive to go to New York City yeah. if you don't have to go. Yeah. Um, for some other reason. So I keep putting it off, but I want to put that back on my, on my list. Yeah. Well, mine is very short and is very clearly the New York list of someone who grew up on the West Coast. Right. So I went, um, when I turned 16, my dad took me to New York and uh, just as like a special trip. And it was amazing. And we saw one ballet, one or two ballets and um, two Broadway shows. And we the two Broadway shows were Les Mis, which I'm pretty sure I'd already seen once in L.A. at that point. But again, I was all in on Les Mis um, and it was fantastic. And then we saw Grease on Broadway. I don't remember who starred in either one. Um, neither were particularly new. Um, at the time. And I remember, I think we talked about this in the last episode um, about the movie musicals, but Greece, I was not prepared for how different the stage so show different. was. Yeah. And I think if I'd been prepared and, and like just known it was going to be different, I would have appreciated it in a different way. But I mean, it's like the movie is, was so iconic and I had seen it so many times by that point um, that I, the music, kind of is, I mean, some of the music the, isn't even close to being the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's visually very different. I just mm-hmm. remember like, it, it just it would just felt wrong. It just was not what I was used to. And I just probably wasn't old enough to sort of like have that be OK and like see it as something different. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's it. That's all that I've seen in New York. But like I said, I've lived in these places where I've seen first national tours yeah. of like everything. So when you put this question, I was like, wait, do, are we talking about New York or like the <laughs> tours count? Because if the tours yeah. count, I've seen everything. And if New York counts, I've only seen two things. So. Yeah, it's funny because I, I mean, I live pretty close to Chicago. I've seen a fair number of Chicago tours, which is usually the on the first yeah. um, pass through. But I've more in my life seen the university tours because they're cheaper. Mm-hmm. But that tends to be like third, like the second. Yeah, that's or third where I was like year. in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you still get to see some great shows, and mm-hmm. they can be done very well. But it's like the hype has already kind of died down yep. by that point, and it's like the cast. It's not the cast or the second right. cast. It's like the third or fourth cast. Yep. It's just a little bit different, but yep. still. 
super valuable. And you, if you live near a college or university, just and even like the community college that's near me mm-hmm. has a great lineup of shows and the tickets are, are cheap. Yep. Yeah. And you can get like season passes and. I think another thing going back to how I'm like now on a roll of seeing things is I have a couple girlfriends now who like to see shows and all you need is like one buddy who likes yes. this kind of thing. Because I think, I mean, Brian will totally go see shows with me. We saw Jersey boys together. We saw Hamilton together. He's like such a good sport and he'll even get into the soundtracks, but he probably doesn't need to see six a year. Like he probably would be good on one. And I just have a couple newer friends where it's like, they're the first person I think of, or they think of me and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, do you want to go see waitress? And so, um, that helps. So if you, if you're missing this from your life, listeners, get a buddy and get a buddy. And if your kids are older, start taking kids. That's something I haven't done enough of, but because I kind of forgot they were old enough, but now I'm feeling inspired to do that. So I love it. All right. Well, should we wrap up? Man, I, I still feel like we could do a, a part three, but maybe in a year or two. I think listeners are like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're Thanks. done with this. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> um, no. Well, let's tease our upcoming episode. So this comes out on Sunday, a couple Sundays a month. And coming up on Tuesday, we're going to be talking about co-parenting, which is, yeah. we haven't ever talked about that. We haven't, um, which is weird. An important we conversation. Yep. Um, and so we've had some great episodes this past month. If you're behind, you can go check out the other parenting content at themomhour.com. All of our episodes are there and as well in your podcast app that you are using right now. All right, Megan. Talk to you soon. All right, Sarah. It's been fun. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.